Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joe Vore Podcast, JB Podcast Network. Joe Vore, producer Snowman, 16 Sundays in Hell, Browns, Chiefs, Super Divisional Round, Week 19, whatever you want to call it. The Browns season is over, ends in the second round of the playoffs in the Divisional Round, Chiefs 22, Browns 17. And this was, you know, as we know, we're recording this on Wednesday right now. It's the... Uh, the darkest Wednesday that we'll have in 2021. Not because of the inauguration. I can hear the people now. Oh, you right-wing Nazis. What are you talking about? This is just the Wednesday after the Cleveland Browns lost in the playoffs. And that's why it is a sad day. So relax. The Browns. This was Progressive versus State Farm. Little Patrick Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield. Who's the better actor? I think Baker Mayfield. I think Baker takes the cake on that one. And they were definitely a lot more enjoyable to watch this year when they weren't coming on after he just got done throwing his second pick in the last three minutes of game time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, yeah. I told, I told, I think I told you this so many times last year. I love the state farm commercials when uh, Baker's playing well or the Browns are playing well. When I got to yeah. sit through three hours of a uh, game or whatever, you know, against Denver last year, for example, we get 12 tries on the goal line yeah. and uh, 0 for 12. And then next, then they go to break and, and on comes Baker who forgot his keys in the stadium and has to keep going through security. I just want to blow my brains out. It's it's, it's the awesome. worst. It's the worst. So Baker, I mean, they were much more enjoyable to watch this year, Progressive versus State Farm. It was nice. The Browns were finally healthy. They're ready to rock. Um you know, I was a little bit worried. I, they practiced like the entire week. So I was a little bit worried that they had a little bit. This kind of reminded me throwing it way back to my little league days. Played on a team yeah. during the regular season. We were bad. I mean, horrible. Maybe we won a few games, but everyone goes to the playoffs. And once the season started, we didn't practice once. And some magic happened. We hit the tournament. <laughs> we go on to win the whole thing. We upset the best team in the league for the championship. And I'll never forget one of the dads, Brandon Mount's dad, went up to, to our coaches, Coach Satterfield and Coach Schoen, and went, hey, do you think we could have used a couple practices in there? <laughs> nope. Not at all. After we won the championship. Didn't Not practice once after the season started. Hey. Think you could use a couple practices in there. Was well, still one of my favorite lines of all time. So, um, before Mahomes got hurt, I mean, KC on offense was dealing. I mean, Mahomes was dealing. There was no resistance, no pressure, even with that uh, that toe injury that he was dealing with. I don't know. Did he have that going into the game, or did that just happen after that throw to I, Kelsey? I think it happened after that throw to Kelsey because I don't. They didn't kind of start talking about it. Tony Romo didn't start making the excuses for him until after that happened. Right, yeah. So it was either happened before and was okay, then was re-aggravated, yeah. or yeah. it happened in the game. Either way, um, you know, he was still dealing. And he, even still, I mean, I don't know what the Browns do against them, the way that they, that they motion. I mean, even Mahomes, like yeah. what I'm getting to here is even with that toe, he still found ways to run for first downs uh, before he got knocked out of the game. Um, and I, and I really liked, you know, despite only scoring, you know, how many points did the Browns score? Did they score three points in the first half? Yep. So, yeah. you know, despite only scoring three points, so that first drive, the Browns come in with the field goal, Cody Parkey in the win 46 yards. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And it's funny yeah. 
because Parky's numbers aren't bad, and his postseason numbers, he's no. only he's only missed one kick in the postseason well, field goal. One kick happens to be I know. Boinker, which is why he's famous. Right, exactly. And that just yeah. kind of works against him. I mean, like we've said before, I mean, when he ran out, before the game even started, when we were at the Steelers game, he was already getting booed, yep. which is just yeah. insane. Which is un- unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So KC was dealing, but what I'm saying here is, the Browns offense, I like what they did in the first half. They come away, they get points in that first drive. They had a couple, you know, and the one drive, that you know, they're driving, but they just found ways to go backwards. There were a couple times where there were penalties or Casey brought some pressure and there was nothing the Browns could really do about it. Um, And they go down for a sack. They had some negative plays where they were going backwards. Um, I know they lost about four or five yards in that little, you know, the most common play in football, the little jet sweep pass to Landry. That went nowhere. So those drives kind of stalled there. And then all of a sudden the Browns get pushed out of field goal range, kind of lose their momentum. And now we kind of fast forward and we get to the very end of the first half. The Browns are putting together a drive where it's looking like they're going to score. Baker's doing a really nice job. So I, I want you to put on your, your coaching cap here and, I, and our kind of rules type of deal. I think we're both in agreement that we don't want the game to be totally overtaken by replay. You know, things that are, you know, calls that are judgment calls like pass interference. They tried the experiment last year. It was kind of a disaster. Um, I know that I've enjoyed the game much better this year, whether it's the Browns or any other game without pass interference being challenged all the time. Um, but here's something that's, that's interesting. So let's talk about the play at the end of the first half, Hollywood Higgins. At first I'm super, I mean, you're pissed. You're upset. It's like, Oh my God, we're right there. We fumble through the end zone. We, we don't get a touchdown and that could have been huge. It would have been night could have been 19 to 10 at halftime and the Browns get the ball coming out in the second half. Their offense is starting to build some momentum and that happens. But of course, we see the replay. Now it's different from college. So, so the NFL and college both have basically what is a, a targeting call. But the difference is, right in college, if it's targeting, you're gone. And then in the NFL, then that's just a regular 15-yard penalty. But if you get two of those type of fouls, then you can be ejected, right? I believe so. Yes. Okay. So here's my question: When it can be a call where someone could get ejected. Or, you know, it could be their first one and they're one away from out of it. Or they get two and they're out. Especially in the last two minutes, don't you think the booth should be able to call down for something like that? They want to promote safety. They want to promote all this stuff. And especially when it's that big of a play, a guy uses forcible contact with the crown of his helmet, hits helmet to helmet, and knocks the ball out on the goal line. I mean, I'm not for one stopping the game and churching it up with replay and all that stuff, but don't you think that that's something that maybe they should look at being able to look at, get a second look? Because those plays have to be so tough to call on the field. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. That, you know, that's that's one of the things that I totally agree with you. You know, I, I think we, we talked about during the game at halftime when, you know, we said – the pass interference trial and error was awful because, right. you know, that's just such a judgment call. You know, what is it? What is it not? Yeah. You know, like a block charge when, in the NBA that doesn't, that exactly. doesn't need to be replayed. It, call it, it on the, on, in the first try. Totally. Uh, uh, that's in total judgment call interpretation. Yes. How do you interpret it? Yep. Like the Bible. Yep. It's all, it's open to interpretation, right? <laughs> but you know, w- when you got something like as simple as, you know, leading with the head, crown and helmet, I mean, hit you, 
it's either you're hitting the guy like this or you're hitting the guy like this. Yeah. And that's a pretty cut and dry black and white thing, especially when it causes a, the worst rule in all of football to be enacted when the ball goes into the end zone and goes out of the end zone, the defense just takes possession on it. So, so that's another thing. But before you keep going, I want to ask you, what do you, yep. what would you like as a solution? Because I'm in agreement with you. I think pretty much everyone yep. is. What do you think is a good solution for that? Um, you know, a player fumbles out of the end zone. What yep. happens? So well, obviously the offense retains possession, but where does the ball go? What's the down? What's going on? on in any other spot on the field, if that hit had happened six yards further back and the ball would have gone out four yards, four yards up, you know, and gone out on the two yard line, the ball is just taken back to where it was fumbled. And that's where the offense gets possession of it. Yeah. The, the fact that just because you are four yards ahead, right. And it fumbles into the end zone and goes out of bounds. I don't understand how the defense should be rewarded or, or how the opposite team should be re- rewarded with, the possession of the ball. Right. I, it, it, you know, in, in any other spot on the field, the ball is fumbled on the sideline and it gets kicked 30 yards downfield and then ends up going out of bounds. The ball is taken back to where it was originally fumbled unless the person who fumbled it picks it up down the field. Right. Then they can continue advance to advance it. That's the only person. Yeah, they can continue to advance it. That's the only, the only uh, rule in that. But in terms of, you know, it's just, it's just not consistent to me. Because that's a major play in the game, like you know, you know, like you said, and you know, at that time it was sixteen to three, right? And it would have been yes. it would have been uh, sixteen to ten, and then they they got, got a field ball, goal. You know, we're we're saying then they get the field goal, right? But right. you know, that's just that was a total momentum murderer, just yeah. murdered all the momentum that was there. Who knows? Who knows what happens? Could have gone in, you know, sixteen to ten at halftime gotten the ball back and then now we're playing with the lead playing ahead yeah because if that yeah so if that you know if they're down you know let's say let's say that was the rule and this could be this could have been so big too let's say that's the rule so higgins follows at the goal line maybe they make the rule the ball is at the one or maybe they make it like a two-point conversion they put the ball at the two whatever it is you know maybe it takes the browns a couple plays to score i don't know what casey's timeout situation was they would have burned some timeouts if they had him or the time just runs out so best case scenario, the Browns score a touchdown, and this is total hypothetical, but the Browns score a touchdown. Right. Maybe it takes them one or two, you know, one or two times. They don't score until third down, and maybe KC never has the time to even get down the field. So we're looking at sixteen to ten, and all of a sudden the Browns, they're a touchdown and an extra point away from taking the lead to start the second half when they have the ball and momentum rocking yeah. on offense. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, it, and obviously it's real beautiful to play the hypothetical game. You know, we could sit here and talk right. about our different simulation, whatever. But right. at the end of the day, it didn't, you know, here, here's what I'll tell you with the coach kick. Here's a rule that I've been taught, you know, I've never heard until I got to college. But in terms of what Higgins did, never reach the ball out over the, when you're trying to go across the goal line, right? Never reach the ball out unless it's fourth down. Because... Bad shit happens when you reach the ball out and it's not, you know, tucked in, you're not too covering the points or, you know, got it close to you. Because when you stick it out there, only bad things happen. Yeah. And unless it's fourth down where you have to get into the end zone, right, like so, then, you know, 
just carry it. If you get in, you get in. If not, you're down at the one and, you know. I know that's Whatever just happens, that's happens. just so tough, and it's so tough to tell NFL guys because they're good enough to be able exactly. to do it. And you look at it too. I mean, I really don't blame Higgins because that was an illegal hit, and that was the direct yeah. impact. That that, yeah. that impact from the hit was exactly. the direct reason exactly. why the uh, why the ball was fumbled. Um, exactly. You know, but but at the same time, I understand. You know, you you play it that way, think, and he goes and even, he doesn't. He probably doesn't score there if he if he right. tucks it. But he's down at the one. It's yeah. a first down. The Browns got plenty of time, and they yeah. I think that they definitely score a touchdown there. I'm pretty sure in Stefanski's uh, post-game press conference, he said what I just said about yeah. they have a rule of don't don't you know dive with the ball extended into the end zone unless you have like you know it's fourth down basically. Right. And especially especially if someone is even or ahead of you, that's really right. tough. Um, yeah, you, you know, because it's one thing if you're the lead guy and you're diving out for the pylon. If someone's behind you, that's definitely a safer yeah. play. But when can someone can really get to the ball? Um, that that's a tough one to reach the ball out on like that. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, just all around, it's an unfortunate play, and you know, luckily we still had a chance at the end. And that play didn't completely kill us. You know, yeah, it's not like it. You know, would have been nice to have. I believe we should have had it, but at the end of the day, it didn't derail our entire game. We avoided getting clapped, right. as uh, those uh, black and gold guys right. were uh, predicting. But yeah, it's just unfortunate. That's just the way she goes. So let's fast forward now to the Mahomes hit. So the Browns stop him on that play. It was third and short, yep. and, and it was kind of a freak concussion from Mahomes because absolutely on the replay, I'm like. Mac didn't hit him in the head. And even when he was coming down, I'm like, oh, his head must have bounced off the turf. It never really hit the ground, did it? Okay. So the the Mahomes hit was kind of a freak one because Mac didn't hit him or see Mac yep. Wilson didn't hit him in the head. And on the replay, I mean his head didn't bounce off the turf, right? No, and to me, I no, I don't understand how nobody saw it, but to me, it looked like his neck was bent, and I thought it was yeah. like a slight neck injury. Yeah, he, like he tweaked his neck or something, and it just totally like disoriented him. Because because yeah, yeah. like you said it didn't look like he got hit, and he didn't get hit in the head. No, and it didn't look like his head bounced off the turf or anything. I'm I I swear by it. It looked to me like like Mac was taking him down, right? And his neck just bent in like a weird way, and it just totally like pinched a nerve or something like that, and in, in in his neck, not not his head. Yeah, so I don't, I don't understand how he got the concussion part of that, like almost like a whiplash kind of deal. You know? Yeah, and and I mean, it, and obviously, I mean, when he got up and they showed his face, I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he just got like, looked like he just got knocked out, and then came back because he right. really, I mean, was disoriented. And Mahomes is a big, strong guy, and you know, obviously, he's a smart runner, knows how to protect himself. I think it was just kind of a freak, freak thing. So hopefully, he's, it sounds like he's going to be okay, and I and I'm sure he'll play yeah. this week. But as a Browns fan in that moment, you're like, okay, like these are serious, but whoa, door wide yeah. open here. Right. Yeah. Door yeah, wide open. That is for sure. For sure. I, I tell you, one of the, you know, I didn't really notice it until one of my roommates said it. But after that, after that hit happened and, you know, the momentum got back on our side. I, if you had noticed early in the game, Nick Chubb had dropped a couple of really easy passes. Oh yeah, and, and and he was kind of contained for the most of the first half. 
But the second half, and specifically when they started, they scored after the, the Mahomes went out. Right. He was running with more like, like it just looked like he was pissed off. Yeah. And him and Kareem Hunt. Both of them. They both looked like they were on a fucking mission. Yep. Like unbelievable. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, it, it was awesome. They kind of found their. They started running out of the gun, and they kind of started w- running some stretch where they would kind of lash out, you know, kind of stretch yeah. out the defense and, you know, kind of that zone scheme. They're stretching it out, and then they would kind of find the hole um, just kind of yeah. where, where it opened up. And the Browns had some big runs, big plays. Um, I don't know where they ended up in the league, but I know, especially early on, the Browns were, um, you know, the, I, I, I'm at one point, and I'm sure they finished up there at number one, the, the team with the most 20-plus yard runs on the season. Yeah. I mean, at one yeah. point, Nick Chubb was averaging like 10 yards a rush in the fourth quarter when the Browns were just wearing teams down and blowing big, yeah. you know, and breaking right. big runs in the fourth quarter. Um, so that started yeah. to get going. And, you know, just what killed the Browns th- this game, when they got KC to go backwards a few times, penalties, whatever it was, Mahomes and Henny too, Second and 23, first and 19, third and 14. They just found ways to, to find the receivers. Yeah. Or even when Henny was in there, the Browns, they have everyone covered up. They weren't able to really get to the quarterback. I think we had one sack. Garrett got to whoever I think Henny wants. And even Henny made plays with his legs, converting, you know, third and 13, whatever it was, finding a way yeah. to, to get to the chains well, and get a first down. And that's really what murdered... The Browns, because I know yeah. Mahomes went out, but you give up 22 points against the Chiefs. They just couldn't get that timely stop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and you know, that is all attributed to the Madden ratings of Pat Mahomes is a 99 overall. You Okay, you lose him. Well, shit. You still got Travis Kelsey, 99 overall. Yeah. Tyree Kill, 99 overall. Some of the, you know, just the best weapons in, yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, Chad Henney of- yeah. did not look like, you know, this was not like when Trace McSorley had to come in for Lamar Jackson, right? And I right. love Trace McSorley, right. and he actually made some nice plays in that game before he slipped and got hurt. But, uh, yeah. you know, Chad Henney looked really good, and obviously his supporting cast, I mean, it was... It's I mean, a lot it, easier. He did a nice job. It's a lot easier... You know, once you're Trace McSorley and you come in for Lamar, it's a lot easier to come in when you got Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Michael Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Those guys, rather than you know Hollywood Brown and 42 year old Des Bryant and you know Jack Doyle or whoever the hell they because Henny, except for the interception, which I don't know where the hell he was throwing that. But he was throwing it right to Carl. He just threw it to Carl Joseph for an interception. And I thought he was going to pull BJ Goodson and thought he was Usain Bolt and could have bolted out of the end zone and tried to run it back. I'm like, what is he doing? I'm like, whoever's back there, Denzel Ward, Sheldrick Redwine should literally lay him out right now in the end zone. Make sure he's protecting the ball and tackle him in the end zone. But other than that, Henny made every play and the two biggest plays that he made or really three big plays that Henny made, right? Um, he converted with his feet a long third down that killed the Browns. Yeah. He got it to fourth and inches at the very end of the game to set up that fourth and inches, and then he made the throw to Tyree Kill to seal the game. Yeah, I mean, Henny played yeah. really, really well. Um, so that just that just really, really hurt. And again, let's go back to let's get Coach Snowman out here. Go from producer Snowman yeah. to Coach Snowman. In the situation that the Browns were in. 
we're, do you, you know, I know it's that part of the field. They get two first down and two first downs. It's over anyways. I mean, do you, I mean, I, the way that they called the plays there on that last drive that the Browns had where they had to punt, it didn't seem like they were going to go for it because maybe you try to run it instead of throw it in there. One of the times, yeah. maybe catch them by surprise, run it on second down or something, knowing that you're just going to go for it on fourth down. Um, you yeah. know, have you learned, you know, being in situations like that in college, you know, is there a chart for sort of when you go for it, when, when not to go for it, depending on where you're at in the field? I mean, how, how did you see that um, from the way Stefanski handled it? I think everything, football to me is one of the most rhythmic games yeah. that, you know, there is. I, I believe that you can go into a drive thinking, all right, you know, we're going to do our best to drive down the field and score. But if not, we, we'll, we'll settle with the punt. You can go into drive thinking that. But I think two plays can change, can just completely change, you know, your the way you think. You come out and you throw a, a deep one that converts for 42 yards. Well, now all of a sudden you're in rhythm. You know, you, you, you're, you're, then you run the ball for eight, nine yards and you get stuffed for one. Then, you know, it's third or fourth down and you're like, well, you know, the – Rhythm of the game, the flow of the game, the momentum is on our side. We're going for it. I, you know, I, I think they wanted to punt the ball because they didn't think Chad Henney was going to be able to up the game. They put, they put the, uh, they put the the faith in their defense, and it, you know, they just didn't, see, didn't see, end up getting it done. That's the but point I wanted it's, to bring. It's, it's really tough. See, that's the point I wanted to bring up because I think it changes based on team to team. If you're the 49ers exactly. defense last year, you punt that ball and you got the 49ers yeah. defense, they can come up with a stop. Yep. And I just hate leaving as much as I love some of the guys on the defense and they competed and they played really, really hard all year. I just hate putting the faith of the game in the hands of the defense I don't care if Chad Henney's playing quarterback because like the like the point that you made earlier, yeah. Chad Henney's capable and he's very much capable of getting two first downs when he's throwing to all the guys that he can. Yep. And yeah, I just absolutely. don't like um, put, putting the, the, the faith of the game in the hands of the defense. But again, if you have a really good defense, I think you do it because there was still four and change and you had the right. two-minute warning. Um, and the Browns kind of got, they, they kind of screwed themselves again. I, I think we were arguing a little bit over text, you know, briefly, I thought that was a horrible challenge. I don't know what, why the hell they were challenging that Tyreek Hill catch. I know it was close to the ground, but really you look yeah. at the replay and it wasn't close at all. That wasn't, you know, anywhere close to, uh, yeah. to, to being overturned. So the Browns have one less timeout there. I think they burned a timeout earlier in the half too, because, uh, the play clock was running down and they, they weren't ready to go. Um, so, you know, little things like that. But the Browns haven't been there before. I think they're going to learn yeah. a lot. And the offense is all coming back. The Browns have money. The, I think we'll, we'll talk about Baker here in a second, but I feel really good about Baker. I thought he played outside of that interception. I thought Baker battled and played really, really well against Kansas City. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think he I, did a I, really nice job. Um, I agree. So the Browns are set there. The Browns are completely set offensively. We'll see what they're going to do with Odell Beckham Jr. I hear all these rumors and some people saying that they want to get rid of Landry, which I just don't 
understand. I I mean, I don't even think that's really a thing. I think that's just something on Twitter, so we're not even really going to go into that. But the Browns, yeah. Go ahead. It's really nice to have – it's really nice in games like this Kansas City game to have a guy like Odell. Yeah. Now, that would have been huge, huge on our part, you know, to have have that kind of guy out there, which I think that puts to bed – puts to – bed really the rumors i think i think you give odell a whole next year as well and then you evaluate from there if you know he plays 16 plus maybe a playoff game or two next week or next year and you know totally sucks and they just don't look very well, good i don't together. think he sucks but, yeah no i don't think it's a him thing oh, i don't right. think it's a baker exactly. thing i just think it's a it's a fit because obviously baker exactly. seems to play and you know what Baker came a long way this year, and it could be completely different next year to where they yep. just understand how to coexist, and it could be awesome. Or it could go back to kind of being a funk, kind of a bottleneck, which sucks yeah. because it's nothing to do with Odell's ability. It's just Baker being like, oh, my God, this guy is freaking awesome. I look his way. Sue me. <laughs> right. <I> mean, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And like you just said, you know, if you, you go through all of next year and it just looks like it doesn't fit, then you move on. Yeah. And, but you know, it just like, it kills me. The, the what ifs of, you know, playing in this Kansas city, you know, the division around, does he make but, a couple you know, plays like he did against exactly. Dallas? Like you think exactly. back to the Dallas game, right. Or that long bomb against Cincinnati, um, yeah. you know, or He's just capable of or doing, him just being out like there that. or, you know, maybe the ball doesn't yeah. even get thrown to him, but get who's running wide open or more wide open than they were. Landry and all these right. other guys. I mean, th- that's kind yeah. of an invaluable thing if you don't yeah. really know. Just totally, yeah, totally capable of making the game-changing play, and yep. that would be very nice to have out there. But yeah, like you said, you know, try and try and fit them in together. I, you know, I, I, I think I made my apology video to Baker because <laughs> I fucking hated him for you know. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was I was starting to hate him, and I and I was the one that was really standing by him even all through of last year. But yeah. I was starting to get yeah. to the point where I'm like, what the – but, you know, what I, yeah. I think I was listening to too much Colin Coward yeah. because I was, of the, I was of the mindset of thinking, you know, you go through Hugh Jackson, you go through Freddie Kitchens, you go through Kevin Spansky, and, you know, six, seven games into the season, he wasn't looking very good. And I'm thinking, well, you don't get a fourth coach. Like, you don't, you don't, get, you don't get a fourth system to try and make you look no. better. But – you know, then you gotta you take your you take your deep breath and you think you gotta think about it. They installed Stefanski as this current offense through what we're doing. Zoom. Yeah. Like you're you're not gonna be that successful doing that. You know, that was just impatience on my on my part to, you know, think that they were gonna come out guns to blaze and looking good. But you right. know, once once they kinda got to that, you know, midway through the season that point, they, they really settled in, found their groove, and you know, he played 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 well. Yeah, I mean, mean, you just look at some of the numbers and the play calls and, you know, the the formations and things like that they were in. Way more shotgun, way more passing attempts for Baker, and he did a nice job. He did a nice job. In games that he had high pass attempts, you look at, like, that Colts game. He played a really good first Mm -hmm. half. The Browns ended up winning that game. It wasn't a great game, but they still won. Baker looked really good in the first half. Then the second half, he had two really bad interceptions. I mean, yeah. I can't remember Baker's last bad interception where it was like, oh my God. I know that no I know he had one against the Ravens and and the one against Kansas City. Um, 
wasn't great. I mean, the one against the great. Ravens was, was a hell of a defensive play. Oh, yeah. Know, not for, often are you going to get a big old linebacker who's up on the line, who right. drops out of coverage and catches a ball over his shoulder like right. that but, and just picks you. But like other that. than that but, one, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that Honey Badger had, you know, where Baker was trying to do a little bit too much, thought he had him open, yeah. because that was the problem. You know, interceptions are going to happen, but when we're continuously seeing interceptions because he's throwing it behind someone and it's, you know, off their hands and he's not putting it on him. Or he's just trying to do too much. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I need to force the ball down the field. I'm getting a little anxious. And he throws a bad pick. That's what we saw all of last yeah. year and a few times earlier this year. But like you said, you know, we're more patient. We even talked about a few episodes ago. I think it was really that after the Giants game where Baker looked really, really good and the Browns just went in there. Yeah. Nothing fancy, nothing, you know, they didn't put up 50 points. They just did what they were supposed to do. It felt like, hey, we're a good team. We went in there, we dominated, no nonsense, and we got the hell out of there. And that was nice. And that's when we were really like, you know, this Stefanski-Baker thing, they're really starting to catch a rhythm. You know, they were finally starting to come together. We kind of liked them both individually, and they were finally supposed to, they finally kind of really came together and became a really good cohesive uh, duo. And I really think they're going to hit the ground running next year. They're going to have all those offensive guys back. The line, as long as they can stay healthy, for God's sakes, um, they're incredible. Baker's set. And really, it comes down, Odell, are they going to think that they can do it? Or are they going to test the market because he's expensive, injuries, if you can get some draft capital, maybe some defensive guys, that might be something you have to look at because they absolutely need guys that can start on off, on defense, and they need to build depth on defense because they don't have a ton yes. of guys to start with, and behind them they're yep. extremely thin. Yeah, I, you know it's very nice to go. You know, going into this offseason, not looking for a coach, not looking for a quarterback. You know, not not thinking. Well, Jesus, how are we going to just get any? You know, the most important things are taken care of. The Browns have exactly. So on defense, teams pass the ball all the time. We have a very yep. you now as long as he can stay healthy, we have a guy that can run with anyone, Denzel Ward. We have a yep. elite pass rusher. If it wasn't for COVID, he would have been up there for defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Yep. That's awesome. You can build with that. On offense, yep. we talked about this. If you don't have an O-line, it's like a car with no wheels. Like, where do you expect to go? If you right. don't have that yep. union up front, and according to Pro Football Focus, passing running the ball, we got the best line. We got the and best yep. guys. So they have that. They have a quarterback. They have a coach. So all these boxes are checked for the Browns. They just need to fill in the rest of the pieces on defense, especially in that secondary, and maybe get yeah, another pass rusher. It will be. It will be very nice. Hopefully, hopefully, Greedy Williams decides to make a uh, appearance. I hope year. so, man. Because that'll be a, you know. Hopefully, him and Ward can be the corners, and then and Delpit coming back. Yep, Delpit going to be back there. You know. And um, hopefully, you know, I would, I would draft. I think I would going in if I was a GM, I would yeah. go into this draft looking for linebackers. Yeah. A few, maybe a secondary piece, and then build depth. Continue to build depth at the O line. Well, let's and, make it. Know. Let's do a defensive thing for the Brown. Like, like, let's do a defensive thing Absolutely. for the Browns. Okay, here are guys that we like: Garrett, yeah. Ward, yep. Ronnie Harrison. Yep. Um, I really like Ronnie Harrison. I do I too. Really like so you got Garrett, you got Ward, and you got Ronnie Harrison are guys that I really like. 
I can't believe I'm going to say this. I like. I think Taco Taco is going to be a linebacker for the Browns. He's he did a nice job this year. He did. He did do a nice job. You got to put uh, Sheldon Richardson on your list. Yep, like Sheldon him. Richardson. And I like. You know, Vernon had a hell of a year this year, and you know he's a little bit older. That Achilles injury, I don't love. Um, I like him, but I don't know if we can put him on the list. We like Garrett. We like Ward. We like Harrison. We like Taco Taco. We like Sheldon Richardson. Question marks. Delpit. We haven't seen him play a game. We're hoping he's going to be good. Yeah. Greedy Williams. We've only seen one season. He missed the complete season this year. Um, Olivier Vernon, I think, is a question mark because of the injury. We're not sure what he's going to be. I th- also think he. I think he's a free agent. Um, yeah. And he's a guy you know that could be yeah. expensive. So we see what they do there. Um, I really like that entire front. I mean, I like I like Larry. We have uh, Richardson on there. Um, yep. Mac Wilson's a really solid player. Yep, I like Mac Wilson, and I think you know they got to get another linebacker. But I thought B.J. Goodson, in terms of leading, um, he did a nice job yep. this year. But you know, it would definitely be nice if he was maybe more so of a depth piece, and we had a stud yeah. middle linebacker in there. It, you know, it, to me, to me, it it really seemed like our starting defense with the exception of you know ward and garrett and some of those other guys or a lot of depth guys yeah like if we were using those guys as you know come in you know specialized defensive players or you know they're filling in for you know end of game reps when it's a blowout like you you know you know what i'm saying right it just didn't seem like we had the guys we had the guys to put around the guys right but not quite the guys right if that makes any sense yeah we got we had a bunch of rjs and channing and and all those guys out there but we need without the lebron we need lebron and Kyrie. yeah we need lebron we needed Kyrie. we needed love you know that this team of rj and jr and all these other guys are great pieces but when you depend on them for everything, it's not going to be good. Exactly. And, you know, because of injuries and other things, a lot of these guys had to play a lot of snaps when really they're special team guys. And that's not yeah, on them. Yeah. That's just the situ- yeah, yep. That's just yeah. the, the, the hand that they were dealt. So um, that's not on them. So the Browns, have, like we said, they have some guys on defense. They need to build around draft, free agency, all that stuff. I assume that they're going to – Baker has one more year left on his contract. They'll pick pick up his fifth year. I, I, I don't doubt it at all. Um, yeah. Other than that, but I'm really excited for the Browns this offseason. And I just hope this coming year things are much better and the fans get to enjoy it in person because, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine – what it would have been like at First Energy Stadium for some of those games this year. You look at the game that we were at to clinch the playoffs against Pittsburgh. You look at the Monday night game against Baltimore. I mean, the stadium would have been absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping for for I'm optimistic for a lot of things next year, both you know on the field and and off the field, being able to uh, to have that full experience back. I think that'll be great. Right. Yep, I couldn't agree any more than that with that. Beautiful. Way she goes, All Joe right. Vore, producer Snowman. This wraps up 16 Sundays in Hell. I think it's like the third or fourth season we I've done this. So very fun. Went 10 and 6 on my picks this year. Browns went 11 and 5. Lose to the Chiefs, divisional round. Successful year, especially yep. when you take into account everything else. And what a beautiful time to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh against Ben Roethlisberger for the first time than in the playoffs. Absolutely yep. incredible. A lot of memories for this year. Going to be even more next year. So we'll talk to you guys next season. 
Go Browns.